Praise the Lord for that morning that came. Take your Bibles and turn with me this morning to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. If you would please stand for the reading of God's Word if you're able to this morning. Matthew chapter 28. Praise the Lord for the beautiful Easter Sunday that we have. You know, so many times it seems like it's raining or it's chilly. We've got a beautiful day. The Lord's blessed us with a beautiful day. This time last year, uh, we was in lockdown, wasn't we? And uh, praise the Lord, the stone's been rolled away. We're out of that. Amen? Amen. Matthew chapter 28, begin reading verse 1. It says, In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. Behold, there was a great earthquake. For the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. The angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he had said. Some are come see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead, and behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall you see him, lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy, and did run to bring his disciples' word. And as they went, to tell the disciple, his disciples, Behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hail. And they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then said Jesus unto them, Be not afraid. Go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee, and there shall they see me. Look back in verse 7 and 8 there. It says, Go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he cometh before you into Galilee. And there shall you see him, lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and with great joy and did run to bring his disciples' word. I'd like to preach a message that I've titled, From Gloom to Glory. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning and truly it is glory. Glory that we can worship you. Glory that we serve a risen Savior. Glory that we know in whom we have believed and able that you're able to keep us and all that we've committed unto you against that day. We thank you for so great a salvation. We thank you for your love and your mercy unto us. Bless now, Lord, I pray the preaching of thy word. And Lord, we thank you for the songs that lifted you up. Now, may we magnify you, speak to every heart. There may be someone here today that has never come to know the risen Savior, has never come to a place in their life where they realize that Jesus loved them and went to Calvary and died in their place, took their sins upon him and suffered their, their death. And Lord, they can have eternal life because he's alive, because he has risen. And Lord, we thank you for loving us. Bless now this time, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Be seated. We see here as the two Marys came to the tomb that morning, they were no doubt heavy hearted and gloom hung over their, their hearts and their souls. You begin to think about it, you know, they're they were still, there were the thoughts and the images racing, no doubt, through their mind. Can you imagine just prior, a few days prior to, the, to this, 
They had been there and watched Jesus Christ hanging on, a, on the cross, watching Him die, watching Him suffer, watching the agony, watching the blood come streaming down that cross and pooling at the bottom, watching Him pull Himself against those nails and sliding that ribbon back up against that cross and, and the pain that He felt and the struggle that He had just to get a breath of air. How He struggled and even said, I thirst and on that cross and then seeing him take vinegar and try to give him vinegar and gall that was mixed together to drink. And no doubt there was still that picture in their mind as they seen that head of their Savior drop for the last time. No doubt as they was on their way to the tomb that was still in their mind, it was still in their heart, as they heard him cry out, it is finished. No doubt it was still in their heart and their mind the the gloominess of that day and the darkness that, that came that direction. But that gloom was about to break forth into joy. It was about to break forth into gladness and glory. You see, from Matthew chapter 27, it speaks about the crucifixion of our Lord and Savior. To chapter 28, we go from gloom to glory. And oh, what the glory it is when we look at what happened in chapter 28. I want us to look this morning... From gloom to glory. We go from the hanging to hallelujah. In chapter 27, Jesus is hanging on the cross. In Matthew 27, verse 35 says, And they crucified him and parted his garments, casting lots that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet. They parted my garments among them, and upon my vesture did they cast lots. And sitting down, they watched him there. You can imagine as people were watching and looking and it talks about how the, after they had nailed him and put those nails into those hands and into that, that nail drove into those feet and they had dropped that, plunged that, that cross down into that, that hole that day. The Bible says uh, over in the psalmist that every bone came out of joint. We find it was a gloominess. All seemed to be lost. All hope seemed to fade and disappear as they seen Jesus nailed and hanging on that cross. Can you imagine here... His disciples and those who were closest to Him and even His mother, Mary, and others that were there as they looked upon that cross, they, their hope began to dwindle. It began to drop. They began to, to, to see the gloominess. They began to see death taking a hold of His body. And it, they, they was thinking, you know, surely uh, we thought this was the, was the Messiah. We thought this was the one that was going to deliver us from Rome. We thought this was the one that was going to make everything right and set up the kingdom on earth. And they're watching Him hang on a tree. Suffering, bleeding, dying, groaning with the pain. All seemed lost as Jesus was nailed and hanging there on that cross. But on that third day, that gloom transformed into glory. As that hanging brought forth a hallelujah. In Matthew 28 and verse 6 and beginning there it says, and he is not, the angel said, He is not here for He is risen. Come see the place where the Lord lay and go quickly and tell His disciples that He is risen from the dead and behold, He goeth before you into the Galilee. There shall you see Him. Lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy and did run to bring His disciples' word. It went from gloom to glory. 
here they are, they come to this tomb and the tomb is empty just prior to that in their thinking and watching him die on that cross and the gloom and the darkness was hanging over them. They come and, and now there's, a, there's an angel sitting in a, in a tomb where the, the stone's been rolled back and the, the angel is sitting there and he says, hey, he said, I know who you come looking for. You come looking for Jesus of Nazareth, but he's not here. He has risen like he said. So go tell him. Go tell the disciples. And I can imagine in their heart it began to break forth. And boy, there was a hallelujah that day. There should be a hallelujah in our hearts and lives also. There was gloom and doom in their hearts and minds. But on that third day came the hallelujah. He is risen. You know, as I look at the turmoil in the hearts and lives of most people today, it's there because they have no understanding of the resurrection. Even maybe sitting here this morning, there may be some gloom and heaviness and, and darkness weighing in your heart and mind because of all the turmoil that's going on in the world today. Can I tell you something? If you know Jesus Christ, it should be hallelujah, not gloom and doom. There ought to be glory instead of, instead of gloom. And there ought to be the hallelujah that, that uh, uh, rivets through your heart and mind as you think about we serve a risen Savior, not a dead God, not a God that's laying in the grave, but a hallelujah, a God that's in heaven at the right hand of our Father. When I received Jesus Christ as my Savior, there was an understanding of His work on the cross and the resurrection my gloom turned to a hallelujah. What a Savior is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Well, I tell you what, I look across this auditorium and I, don't th I sometimes wonder, are you convinced? I mean, do you understand what you have in Jesus Christ and the resurrection of our Savior? There's a hallelujah that should pierce your heart this morning when you think about what we're celebrating today, the resurrection of our Savior. I look around and I think, boy, some of you are going to have to be in Hallelujah 101 one of these days. <laughs> we get to heaven, they're going to say, okay, you Baptists over there, come over here, get in this, this class. What is this class, Lord? This is Hallelujah 101. We know you can't say Hallelujah. And some of you get over and you go, ha, 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 ha. One of these days it's going to break forth and you're going to be able to say Hallelujah, amen? amen. Let's try it real good. You might as well get in practice. It, it, the Bible, we're going to say Hallelujah in heaven. Can you say it this morning? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, that was kind of weak when you think about the resurrection. Can I, can I get another hallelujah? Hallelujah. I'll tell you what, when you think about the gloom and the, doom, and the doom that was that day, and when you look at the resurrection, it's a hallelujah. From a hanging on the cross to a hallelujah in our hearts and minds, we have a Savior that's alive. From the darkness of death came the, a new day dawning. In chapter 27, we see the darkness and the death that came about because of the crucifixion. In verse 45 of Matthew 27, says, Now from the sixth hour, uh, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. Three hours of solid darkness. Matthew 27, and verse 50 and 51 says, Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. Behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from top to bottom. And the earth did quake and the rocks rent. This darkness and this death was felt by all creation that day. All creation. Even when Jesus Christ gave up the ghosts, it shook the whole earth. There was a trembling 
There was a darkness. It's hard to imagine a darkness so great that the sun and the moon and the stars refused to shine. As death of the Son of God is felt by all of His creation. But hang on. There's a new day coming. Not a day of death. Not a day of darkness. But one of glory. In Matthew 28, listen in verse 1, the very first, in the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. But when they got to that sepulcher, it was an empty sepulcher. The stone had been rolled back. It was the dawning of a new day because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Hey, listen, uh, it's a dawning of a new, it was a dawning of the new day with a new hope and with a new power and with new strength and with new glory. Jesus had risen and now we have salvation through Jesus Christ and His shed blood in the resurrection. Do you remember that day, that new dawning at, uh, of that time when you received Jesus Christ as your Savior? It was a new day. It was a day of new hope. It was a day of, uh, of glory when, when a person receives Jesus Christ. They, before that, they're on their way into darkness and to death and to, into eternity of a lake of fire. And, and all, it's, all seems hopeless and helpless. But my friend, when they bowed their head and, and received Jesus Christ as their Savior, it's a day, a new dawning. It's a new hope. It's a new power. It's a new presence of God. It's a new glory in their hearts and lives when they receive Jesus Christ. Went from that darkness of that day to a new dawning of a new day. Well, I'll tell you what, when I got saved, I had had the fear of the, the, the darkness of hell and death and all that was in my heart and life, realizing that I was lost. But I remember on that Wednesday night in the middle of May, 1975, I remember receiving Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. My friend, I want you to know there was a new day dawn. Now, I'm not what I ought to be, but by the way, I'll tell you what, I'm not what I was. Amen. Praise the Lord for that new dawning in my heart and life that changed my life and changed my direction and changed my eternal destiny. We find in chapter 27, he's wearing a crown of thorns. In chapter 28, he's sitting on the throne of human hearts. Matthew 27, verse 29 says, And when they had planted a crown of thorns, they put it upon his head and, and a reed in his right hand, and they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. Chapter 27, they were mocking him, mocking the Lord Jesus, and they made a crown of thorns and they placed it on his head. They were trying to demean him, trying to mock him, trying to, to, to make a, a, an example of him. And they even took the, the, in the Gospels, it talks about taking that reed that they had put in his hand as a scepter. And they began to smite him across the head and driving that crown of thorns down into his brow and the, piercing his brow with that crown of thorns. They had buffeted him. They had beat his face. He was even unrecognizable as a man. Oh, that crown of thorns as they mocked him, pretending him to be a, a, a king and acting as though he was a king that they might mock him. Satan has always tried to establish himself as king. He's always tried to be the king in this world. And, and so he was glad to mock the death of, of the true king, Jesus Christ. 
But oh, slip over into chapter 28. Over in chapter 28, Jesus didn't come to establish an earthly kingdom at that time, but He came to sit upon the throne of man's heart. He came to save the lost. He came to be the king of glory. He came to be your king and my master. He, began, he came that He might sit on the throne of your heart. Notice there the humbling and the yielded way that Mary approaches Jesus in chapter 28. In verse 9 says, And as they, they went to tell Jesus, behold, Jesus met them saying, All hail! They came and held him by the feet and they worshipped him. He was sitting upon the throne of their heart. He may not have been sitting on a throne in a, in a, in a palace somewhere, but he was sitting on the throne of their heart. Can I tell you this more? If you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, he needs to be sitting on the throne of your heart and life every single day. Amen. Why, preacher? Because he's the king of glory. He's the king of glory. He went from the crown of thorns to the throne upon man's heart. It's time to remove anything or anyone that may sit on the throne of your heart and your life that's controlling you if it's keeping you from serving the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. If Jesus Christ has never become your king, if he's never been your savior, my friend, today is the greatest day in your life. You have the opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as your savior. All that he did for you, all that he, he did that you might have eternal life. We need to exalt Jesus from the gloomy mocking and crown of thorns to the throne of our hearts to bring Him honor and to bring Him glory. Oh, this morning, He went from a rent veil to a risen Savior. From a rent veil to a risen Savior. In Matthew chapter 27, in verse 50, it says, And Jesus, when He had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from top to bottom. And the earth did quake and the rocks rent. You see the gloomy sound of those last words when death took a hold of the body of our Savior. A fearful and unheard of event took place that unfolded that day. There in the temple... There's what they have, the outer court, and they have the inner court. You have the Holy of Holies. And that Holy of Holies is separated from everything else by a thick veil that hung as a curtain that separated, and only the priest could go in there once a year. And as he went in there once a year, he would offer a blood atonement for, for the sins of, of the people. It was, it, was a, a to, uh, it was for a covering. And he would go in once a year. And in fact, it was such a holy place that for him to go in through that veil, they would literally take a, a cord and they would draw a rope and they would tie it around his ankle. He had bells and pomegranates that was on the bottom of his robe. And as he went in and as he moved, you could hear those bells ringing. You could hear the movement of those pomegranates as they rattled. And on the outside, that rope came out and it, it, it stayed outside. He said, why the rope? In case God killed him in the holy place. They wouldn't go in and get him. They would take the rope and they would drag his body out meaning that there would evidently had been sin and that he had not confessed, that he had not got right with God before he went into the holy place, the holy of holies. 
You see, that was the very presence of God. God came down and dwelt in that place. And to go before God, uh, man has been veiled from the time that Adam and Eve had sinned in the garden. There was a veil between us and God that separated between you and me and the Lord. Because of sin, we've been separated from God. But on that day, when Jesus Christ, when He gave up the ghost, when He bowed that head and said, It is finished, and gave up the ghost, that veil in the temple rent, otherwise it tore from the top to the bottom. You say, Preacher, why, why is that so important that it, it tore from the top to the bottom? Because you have to understand that the tearing from the top to the bottom, man would have had to grab it at the bottom and try to cut it to all the way up and try to pull it apart. It was a thick veil. But God took it and He tore it from the top to the bottom. It was God from on high that reached down and pulled it apart because now through Jesus Christ and His shed blood, we have entrance into the place, the holiest of holies. We have entrance into, into the presence of our Heavenly Father through Jesus Christ. Amen. He went from a rent veil, a veil that separated us to become the Savior the one who had defeated death. Satan, no doubt, was rejoicing, thinking that, the last, that at last he had won. But oh, on, he was how wrong he was, for on that third day the Savior came forth, risen from the grave and from gloom to glory. In Matthew 28, and verse 5 says, And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He's not here, for He's risen, as He said. Come and see the place where the Lord lay. He said, come and look. Pay attention here. Look, He's not here. Come and look where He did lay. He said, and go quickly and tell His disciples that He is risen from the dead. And behold, He go forth before you into Galilee, and there shall, you shall see Him. Not just hear about Him. They said, you will literally see the risen Savior Lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy and did run to bring His disciples' word. Gloom had hung over man because of sin and separated from God. But now the veil of separation was rent and now we have access to the, the Lord through the risen Son of God, Jesus Christ. Oh, what glory. Oh, what rejoicing there should be as we serve a living Savior. Hey, listen this morning. We're not serving some piece of wood. We're not serving some uh, 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 man that his bones are still in the grave. We're not serving some petrified mummy in, the, in, in, in the, the pyramids. Hey, listen. We have a risen Savior that we're serving. We have a risen Savior that has saved our soul. We have a risen Savior that takes us in before the Heavenly Father. The veil was rent. The Savior has risen and we have a Savior that loves us and cares for us day by day from gloom to glory because of the resurrection from gloom to glory oh what glory In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 12 says that at a time ye were without Christ otherwise you was lost being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel you wasn't even a child of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope. Can I tell you this morning, if you don't know Jesus Christ, your Savior, you have no hope. 
without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Otherwise we can come to Him through the blood of Jesus Christ. For He is our peace, who hath made both one, and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. He tore down that veil that separated us and God through His sacrifice on the cross and His resurrection. We have a the reviling of Jesus in chapter 27. In chapter 28, we had the resurrection and the saints worshiping Him. The world reviles and mocks and rails upon Jesus, but those who know Him, there should be great glory and great worship in our hearts and lives because of the resurrection. We sit in a service like this today. It's easy to go through the motions. It's easy to just pick up a songbook and sing. It's easy just to say amen once in a while. But oh, how our hearts ought to be full when we think about the resurrection. When we think about what our Savior did as He went to the cross and He took our sins. Do you realize that every sin that you have ever committed or ever will commit was nailed to that cross? And Jesus reached up and took every sin of the world. The Bible says that he became sin for us. Romans chapter 6 and verse 23 says, For the wages of sin is death. Somebody had to die for sin. Romans 5, 8 says, But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Somebody had to die. Jesus did. But you go back to Romans 6.23, it says, But the gift of God, not working for it, not being good enough for it, not, not to paying your way in, not join a church will get you there. He said, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Go over to Romans chapter 10, verse, verse 10. For with the heart, for with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confessions made unto salvation. My friends, with the heart that we receive Jesus Christ. It's not going through emotion. It's not going through, it's not going through saying a little prayer, just repeating words that you don't really mean from your heart, but it's with the heart that you receive Jesus Christ. My friend, we can come to Him. From the revilings to the resurrection, He rose from the dead that we might have eternal life, that we might come together today and that we might worship Him and say we, we serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. Oh, what a foretaste. Hey, listen, my, my soul, I, I begin to think about the glory of God. I look at the world, I see the gloom, I see the doom, I see the difficulty, I see the struggle. And what is needed today is Jesus Christ to lift them from the doom, to get them to the glory of salvation through His shed blood. 
He died in our place that we might have the eternal life. He took our sins upon Him to give us salvation and a home in heaven. We live in a world of gloom and darkness. But for the Christian, there should be glory. You know what? As I look at the world, there's a lot of gloom. There's a lot of darkness. There's a lot of difficulties and turmoil. But I begin to think, praise the Lord, I have a Savior. And He lives. And I can follow Him and I can live for Him. And He's there for me. From gloom to glory, from tragedy to triumph. And you can hear Him cry in Revelations chapter 1 and verse 18. He says, I am He that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive evermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and death. You realize that we have a Savior that's alive this morning. The resurrection was the Father's amen to the Son's, it is finished. The empty tomb of Christ is like a worldwide billboard inviting the lost wandering sons of men to the loving arms of God. I close with this. There's a song that says, oh, that will be glory. When all my labors and trials are o'er and I'm safe on that beautiful shore, just to be near the dear Lord I adore will through the ages be glory for me. Oh, that will be glory for me. Glory for me, glory for me. When by His grace I shall look on His face, that will be glory, be glory for me. When by the gift of His infinite grace I, accord, I am accord in heaven a place, just to be there and to look on His face will be through the ages, be glory for me. Friends will be there, I have loved ones long ago. Joy like a river round me will flow. Yet just a smile from my Savior I know will through the ages be glory for me. Oh, that will be glory for me, glory for me, glory for me. When by His grace I shall look on His face, that will be glory, be glory for me. From gloom to glory. My friend, in chapter 27, you have the gloom, the darkness of death. But in chapter 28, the third day, as it began to dawn on that third day, as the sun was just coming up, the Bible says, the glory began to shine. What a glory we have in Jesus Christ this morning. What a hope we have in Jesus Christ this morning. What a peace of God we can have in our hearts and lives through Jesus Christ. Some may be here this morning. You do not have that peace. You do not know if you died this very moment that you would go to heaven. My friend, lay that aside. Come to Him. Receive Him as your Savior this morning. Let us take a Bible and show you how you can receive the risen Savior. He loves you. He died for you. He cares for you. He's knocking at your heart's door. He wants you to receive Him. And then you too can experience that glory instead of the gloom. Let's bow. Father, we thank you. We love you. And we praise you for the great resurrection that we are celebrating today. This resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And Lord, no longer does it have to be gloom. 
But oh, the glory should shine in our hearts and lives and people should see that glory of Jesus Christ. And oh, Lord, we have a story to tell. Just like the two Marys and the others that went to that, that vacant tomb that morning, they had a story to tell. Lord, let us tell the story of our Savior. Let us point them from the gloom to the glory. Let us tell others that they might enjoy a life of glory in Jesus Christ. Now, Lord, we realize that time is short in this world. And we realize that your return is soon. And we realize that except a person receives Jesus Christ as their Savior, that they will die and go to a devil's hell, and there is no second chance. So today, Lord, I pray if there be someone under the sound of our voice, Lord, if they would come, let's take a Bible and receive Jesus Christ as Savior. Have your will and way in the services, Lord. May we, with our hearts, be full today. And we'll thank you and we'll praise you for us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with your heads bowed, your eyes closed?